Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to episode 27 of Luke 21 Radio. Today we are looking again at 2 Thessalonians, that's St. Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 2. And just by way of intro, let me underscore the importance of the first 12 verses of this second chapter of 2 Thessalonians. It would be almost impossible to overemphasize the importance of the first dozen verses of chapter 2 for understanding biblical prophecy. They're absolutely critical. And let me just share with you You don't want to go and read a private revelation, an internet prophecy, or even an apparition that's been approved by the church, and then take that and try to kind of put it into the scriptures and make the scriptures conform to the private revelation. That's not how it works. The scriptures take primacy in importance and any private revelation has to coincide with Scripture, and don't try to jilt Scripture, so to speak, to make it fit a private revelation. This is where we start, right here, and unfortunately, we don't hear enough about this chapter. But again, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul is responding to a crisis in the church, The first two verses talk about a misunderstanding that's caused great turbulence in this young church that Christ has already returned. The second coming has already happened. St. Paul was only with them a very short time. He instructed them about the second coming, and then somebody had a false prophecy or maybe even a forged letter claiming it came from St. Paul that the second coming had already occurred. And so what happens, that's the first two verses of 2 Thessalonians. Then starting in verse 3 through verse 12, he is going to correct that notion by telling them that certain very observable events have to precede the second coming of Christ. Since those hadn't happened at this point, the second coming of Christ certainly hasn't happened. So let me read those first three verses. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the second coming, and our assembling to meet him, that's the resurrection on the last day, we beg you, brethren, not to be quickly shaken in mind or excited, either by spirit or by word or by letter purporting to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, For that day, the second coming, the last day, will not come unless the rebellion or the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So what happens before the second coming is that there's the great apostasy, and that's the great rebellion against God's rule on earth. And this is something that goes on worldwide, and I might say a lot in former Christian 
countries and cultures because to fall away from something you have to first be with something and then we read that the man of lawlessness will appear before the second coming of Christ that's the antichrist and you might be surprised that saint paul never uses the word antichrist and the book of revelation doesn't use the word antichrist that doesn't mean he isn't described there are simply different terms used for description, and St. Paul calls the Antichrist in this chapter the man of lawlessness. Now, I'm going to share with you a personal observation of Catholics. There are a number of very good Catholic leaders. I'm talking about the great guys, okay, who are deeply distressed over our moral decline in both our culture and our church. There's all kinds of things going on that certainly shouldn't go on that grieves the heart of anybody who's trying to stay close to Christ during this period of time in which we are living. And yet, and I'm talking again about the really good guys, okay, when they project the possible outcome of current trends, they don't seem to consider that the great apostasy could be a possible option of what all this is leading to. In other words, most of the comments that I have seen, again, by the good guys, tends to see what we're going through as something cyclical. It's a period of decline that will be followed by a period of restoration and renewal. And that has happened and very well could happen many times through history. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but it doesn't seem uh, a consideration that this could be terminal. By terminal, I'm not setting any dates or any of that kind of stuff, but simply saying that what's in play right now could lead to the terminal events that St. Paul is describing in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I come back again I'm going to paraphrase one of my professors, Dr. Gordon Fee, who said of this chapter that, I'm paraphrasing him, but basically every wacko eschatological idea or every wacko view of biblical prophecy wrenches 2 Thessalonians 2 out of context. And it's so widespread by the so-called prophecy experts who are just really just ripping this text from its context. And because these folks are so far off base, you find so much of the rest of the church pretends it's not even a part of canon of Scripture. When have you heard Second Thessalonians described or people call a talk show and say, what, what's going on here? When is that going to happen? It's like uh, we pretend it doesn't exist. And I think both of those reactions aren't quite right. So I shared with you my opinion last time, I'm going to repeat it very carefully, that I personally believe, and I could be just way off on this, I am fallible, not infallible, okay? But I believe we are either, A, in the time of the great apostasy, of which I have no idea how long it would last, or B, in the midst of the time preceding the great apostasy, in other words, the time ramping up for it, or C, a time accurately portraying what that time will be like. In other words, we're like going to a movie and we see a preview of a movie that's coming. We're in the preview time. What's going on in our day would be an accurate preview of what that day would be. So one of these three, 
Again, this is my personal belief, but here are my reasons for that. And um, I, I haven't pulled them out of the air. My first reason comes from Pope St. Pius X, his apostolic mandate. He says, quote, We are terrified beyond all else by the disastrous state of human society. For who can fail to see that society at the present time, more than in any past age, suffering from a terrible malady which developing every day and eating to its inmost being is dragging it to destruction. You understand, venerable brethren, what this disease is? Apostasy from God. Pope St. Pius X. Pope St. Pius X continues in his encyclical on the restoration of all things in Christ. Quote, when all this is considered, there is good reason to fear, lest this great perversity may be, as it were, a foretaste, perhaps the beginning of those evils which are reserved for the last days, and that there be all there may be already in the world the son of perdition, of whom the apostle speaks. And then he cites Second Thessalonians chapter two. Now, that was written in 1903. I put this in a newsletter, and one person reacted, ha, 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 imagine if he was alive today, if he was terrified then. And, you know, it terrifies me when I hear a reaction like that. That means, as Christians, we have acclimated ourselves to apostasy, and we just laugh at it, just like Lot's sons did when they heard that God was going to destroy Sodom. Okay, that was reason number one. Reason number two comes from Pius XI in his encyclical, Reparation to the Sacred Heart. Now we're at 1928. These things in truth are so sad that you might say that such events foreshadow and portend the beginning of sorrows. That is to say of those that shall be brought by the man of sin who is lifted above all that is called God or worshiped. The scripture he cites to defend his view that what's going on in society in the 1928 and following, events that were foreshadowing and portending the beginning of sorrows. And that scripture he cites, Second Thessalonians chapter two. And then we come to an earlier one. And again, uh, people who react saying, ha, 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 if they thought things were bad in the late 19th centuries or the early 20th century, just think what they would think now. Uh, they would probably go into cardiac arrest because they had their hearts sensitive to react to the depths of evil that has invaded the modern world. And again, I hope I'm not a wacko prophecy teacher and I'm not trying to wrench any scriptures out of context. I've just quoted two popes, including one pope who is a saint, within the last hundred years saying Second Thessalonians chapter 2 could be on our horizon. And now from Pope Leo XIII, in an encyclical, a papal encyclical, without an expiration date, entitled On the Holy Spirit, in 1897. In our days, this sin has become so frequent that those dark times seem to have come which were foretold by St. Paul. 
in which men, blinded by the just judgment of God, should forsake truth and should believe in the prince of this world, who is a liar and the father thereof. And God shall send them the operation of error to believe lying. And that's Pope Leo XIII and his scripture reference defending that statement, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I think we need to be considering, and I'm not saying this is it, because the man of sin, the spirit of lawlessness, was already at work in this early church in the first century. It's been going on, it's kind of simmering beneath the surface. And you need to have a touch of humility. You can't say this is that with uh, absolute infallibility. But the rock, St. Peter, has warned us three times from popes in a little over a hundred years that Second Thessalonians chapter two may be current events. And so then when we look at our world, we say, yes, this could be a cyclical decline in culture and all the troubles and turbulence going on in the church. And we could just have a period of renewal and restoration and praise the Lord if that's the case. It would be absolutely and utterly wonderful. But at the same time, we need to have the realism that this could be terminal. This could be leading to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 27 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.